Hi everyone, we're very excited today to be joined by one of Amazon's most popular authors, author of the Sugar Lake series, um, Beneath the Stars, which is the most popular book with the most pages read on Kindle Unlimited in the month of June, Emily McIntyre, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How exciting. We saw it all over your stories and we were just like, this is amazing. Like, I love that you're getting that recognition because the series is amazing. Yeah, I was kind of shocked the, when I got an email from Amazon because they actually give out like all-star bonuses to the most popular authors and the most pages read. And so I got these, this email like, congratulations, you were one of them. And I was like, oh, oh my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That must have been yeah. like such an exciting email to open. Yeah, it was. I was in shock because I had no, it wasn't even on my radar. I mean, I knew June was an amazing month. Beneath the Stars hit 18 in the Amazon store in June. And so I was like, already, this is incredible. But I, it just wasn't even on my radar. So it was, it was nice. That was nice to you, for, of you to put that in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to, you know, give credit where credit is due. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. We chatted with you in season one about the first three books in this series so we've got beneath the stars beneath the stands and beneath the hood which are fantastic so if anybody wants to jump back and listen to those um, ones that is an episode in our season one but today we are here to talk about the final book in the series which is beneath the surface which was much anticipated because I mean Lily is spoken about throughout the first three books and there's just kind of not any um kind of conclusion there with her you're just really wanting to know what's happened with her because obviously she's Chase's sister and mm. some pretty traumatic things happen in that first book in relation to her drug use and um her almost overdosing and then she disappears and we just don't hear about her for 10 years well, we don't hear from her. We hear about her. Um, so I absolutely love that this final book was about her because we needed her story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And she plays such a big part, I think, in all of the books, in all, like, the characters, especially Chase, because, you know, her disappearing um, and him playing that protector for her as a child, like, it, she's a big part as to the struggles that he has to deal with as well in his journey and beneath the surface. So, I mean, how, how are you feeling now that the, the series is wrapped up? It's definitely bittersweet. I mean, it's, it, it was sad. I cried when I, when it finished because it's kind of just like saying goodbye to, you know, your babies. Yeah. <laughs> So it was definitely bittersweet, but also I'm really happy that it's complete now uh, because I what Lily was definitely the most anticipated character, and I would get messages every day asking, "Are we gonna find out what happens to Lily?" So I'm happy that people can just binge the whole series now and mm -hmm. get all their questions answered. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, beneath the surface, it was just. It was so heartbreaking, the story. like <laughs> It was beautiful, though. Really it was it's absolutely beautiful. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got two characters that are just 
so completely broken, Lily and Mason or Alex, which is his mm-hmm. real name, um, they're just having to overcome such major demons from their past. And I know that previously you've talked about the fact that, you know, Lily was kind of a character that you you resonated with based on your own experiences and, and things in life. Um, is that kind of where the inspiration for their story came from based off your own experiences or where did it come from? Um, no, honestly, I do resonate with her because of that, but I don't really um, create any of my characters based from personal experience. It They just drop in my head and then they start, <laughs> I mean, as, as wild as that sounds, it's the best way to describe it. They drop in my head and then they scream at me until I write them. <laughs> and and it almost feels like I channel their character as I'm writing because I don't know a lot of the stuff that's going to come out until I write it down. Yeah. So um, I resonate with that. And it, it was easier. It's easier when I resonate with certain aspects of a character um, to kind of portray the emotion, but uh, it wasn't based off of that. It just was kind of a coincidence that that's how her character wrote. We're starting with Lily, like obviously in um, the previous books in the series, you know, Chase has hired Mason to find Lily, to track it down. He's got to a point in his life where he's worked through his own demons and he's come to a conclusion where he's, you know, feeling comfortable with where he's at in life. And he's like, right now I'm really going to buckle down and see if I can find Lily and what happened to her. Is she still even alive? We don't know. So very end of um, Beneath the Hood, we get that call from Mason saying, I found her, she's here, you know, um, so we know she's alive. And you've got Chase and Jackson and their newly reformed relationship jumping on a plane and going to find her so it's very interesting to jump from kind of that perspective because really at the end of those three books they're all kind of at that point in their life where they've worked through all of those issues and then we come to Lily who is just really at the start of her story really like Mm -hmm. at the start of any type of of healing so we're getting kind of an insight into her where she is and she's got a child um, who she has named Chase, which I really loved, (laughs) but you know, she's, she hasn't healed at all. She's, she's really in the middle of kind of still in the middle of flight mode, fight and flight mode, really. She's um, just working to get by every day uh, and living in a small apartment. She's got no kind of relationships with anybody, not even friendships at the start of the book. And then you've got Mason, who's just creepily stalking her in the corner booth. <laughs> For months. <laughs> months. I know. I and, know. So you, you, you kind of gave the hit, okay, so when does, when does this call to Chase get made? Um, yeah. Because, yeah, obviously we're jumping back in time. So this is before mm-hmm. he's made that call to Chase. This is, you know after he's found her but still hasn't decided to call him because he convinces himself that he needs to find out why she's run away before he can tell Chase even though he's never done that before in any of his to keep her safe he's like gonna make sure she's gonna be okay yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but obviously it's because he's 
he's felt this connection with her and um even though they don't know each other or anything like that which I think is really lovely uh that he's just felt that kind of connection on a base level to start with Mm -hmm. before even really knowing her you're finding out more about Lily obviously she's kicked her drug addiction because of her son but she's struggling every day with it you know um and she's got her kind of sponsor back um near Sugar Lake where she kind of calls him when she's having trouble um and he knows where he where she is so I do like that at least one person knows where she is (laughs) from there um but you know He's pretty blunt too when he talks to her, which is good because he kind of doesn't beat around the bush. He's just like, well, it is what it is. Like you need to do this and yeah. just puts it straight on track. I I really liked the first time that her and Mason met like properly <laughs> in the <laughs> diner because he comes over to help her. And from her perspective, she's just like, dude, I needed that tip. So he's like... <laughs> you asshole like you ran away my tip and he's all like what I was being chivalrous um (laughs) he just cannot understand it I mean was it hard between writing Lily's character and writing Mason's character because even though they've both got tragic backstories they're both so different in the way they approach things and so I can't imagine like I mean, you know, I know you're saying they drop into your head, but how do you jump back and forth from those different mindsets? It um, honestly, it's exactly. I really feel like I channel the characters. I write from stream of consciousness, um, and so that's part of the reason I write my stories in first person present. Because when I write, it's I don't worry about sentence structure or anything like that. I just kind of write. I type and. And um, when I'm in their heads, I'm really in there. I feel like I am them, which I mean, that sounds so wild to say out loud, but it's, I don't know how else to explain it because I really do just, I, I kind of take on who they are and I feel the emotion that I'm, um, that they're telling me is happening. In fact, sometimes I try to write things and it like, doesn't feel like it's clicking and I know, okay, like that's not how it's supposed to be. So I have to erase it and then go back. And then when I stop fighting, whatever is being kind of told in my head, then it flows. So it's not difficult for me to switch back and forth um, in that regard, because I, it's kind of just like a flip of the switch where I flip into the other character and then I let them talk. It's harder for me when I haven't been writing them for a few days to get into their head at all. Uh, But once I'm there and I'm in the story, that's not really, it's not really too challenging. And usually my main characters, specifically Mason and Lily, they, even though they handle things very differently, they have core things about them that they relate to. Um, Like when Mason feels a connection with her, but he kind of sees himself in her and how she ran away, you know? Yeah. And, and that's part of the reason why he didn't tell Chase right away because, you know, he was dealing with he similar connected. situations and he connected. So um, it's, it's almost like I grasp onto those. And then I don't know, it's just, I form it for each character. It's 
not really, it's not really hard. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> no, I, I think that, I think you've explained it really well. I Okay, good. <laughs> no, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think it's, it's awesome um, that you can just like channel them so effectively because yeah, like even though they do have those connecting pieces, they are very different as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's great to get that that comes across in the story well. One of my favorite parts um, is when uh, Lily goes out with Annabelle, like firstly, the fact that she kind of starts to form a relationship with her, but when they're at the club and I just love that Mason is just so blunt to the friend that's being a total cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on it, And I said to Beck, like, I would love to be able to do that. Like, just be that person that's like, you're being a complete dick like right. just people on it because um yeah I was like wow he just shut her down and she was like well I'm gonna leave <laughs> like, Good on you. I don't know I'm probably never gonna see you again <laughs> I know. yeah I know. <laughs> but I also find it funny that he was just like and Annabelle was the same as well Harry's just so blase he's like what I needed to get my dick wet basically yeah. so yeah he was Annabelle was the same she's like yeah look I mean, he's not into me, but he's into you. So yeah, I was writing him and that was fun. But uh, yeah, let's move on from that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. She supported him. I was like, oh God, is Annabelle going to be like a complete cock blocky? But she wasn't. It's was good. I do love yeah. Annabelle. Yeah, her friendship was more important. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Love that. <laughs> She's got a friend. Yeah, she is a good side character. Yes, absolutely. And then... We move to the point where I guess their relationship can start to develop when her babysitter has to leave town suddenly. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the end that Mason was waiting for to get into her life to, as he states, find out why as to whether he should provide her information. But really, he just wants to get close to her. Mm-hmm. And I love all of their little moments um, together. And all of the little moments that he has with Chase, like so no, with baby Chase, yeah, baby Chase, so because he, yeah, and then you find out, you know, a bit of his story in the start that he is really longing for that family as well because he had such a shit family upbringing, and um, you get the the little teaser there that he lost um, a child, and you're like, oh gosh. The most yeah. heartbreaking part for me was when he showed his dad his painting and the dad just <laughs> destroyed it. Oh my God, that got at me. I know. It's like, what a point. <laughs> um, um, but I did really love in particular, like on a sexual level, obviously Lily has so many demons from her past. She's never really had sex. She's never had a positive experience with it. Consensually, right. you know, she's been groomed, she's been abused. So she just finds that she disconnects um, during that experience. But I love that he was so attuned to her in that regard, that he could just see what she needed and just give it to her so unapologetically, so, you know, non-judgmentally which is exactly what she needed. He was just there and he was just like, cool, that's what you need, great. And then he could see when she was disassociating, he's like, I don't 
think so like if you're gonna ride my dick you're gonna know I'm here and I was like oh my god (laughs) I love about him um so yeah I think you just really hit the nail on the head with that part because it was just so lovely to see somebody that just didn't kind of question any of those things I guess he was just like yep cool. That's what you want. That's, I can do that. That's fine. But you're going to know I'm here. So focus. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really important part of her character was the sexual aspect to it because yeah. out of all the Sugar Lake characters, she's the only one where the actual spicy scenes um, were such a big part of her overarching character arc yeah. and her healing because um, none of the other characters really used sex as therapy and, and she did, and she needed that. So it was really important for me. I'm, I'm really glad you think I nailed that because it was really important for me to showcase her, um, having somebody that could support her while she kind of waited the territory of accepting how she felt about things and learning how to navigate it and turn it into something that she wasn't like twisted and shamed about ashamed about yeah exactly yeah and because that was yeah as I say it was extremely important because she she knew that's what she needed but she couldn't come to grips with the fact that it was okay she just Mm -hmm. as you said she felt so ashamed by it so the fact that he was just so like cool that's fine but you can have a safe word you've got the control and gave her that control back was what she really needed in in the act and I thought that was that was amazing so big chase (laughs) shows up on the scene and um you know because Mason or Alex decides he has to call him when his dad shows up so we get that insight into his background that he left his family 10 years ago. We already knew, like, you kind of got the hint that he is undercover. Um, well, sorry, I guess hidden away. He's got this different identity and um, you just kind of didn't know why other than it had to do with his family. And then his dad shows up and he's a major douchebag and it's basically <laughs> like he never had any control. I knew where you were the whole time. Well, yeah, well, Olivia turns up at the service station. You're like, Sorry, yeah. Why, why are you here? Taking headway. Yeah. Go away, Olivia. Well, I'm kind of glad for Olivia later on. True, true. <laughs> At that time, you were like, oh, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he realizes that his dad knows all about Lily and Baby Chase, and basically threatens them. So he's like, great, I've got to get Chase to come back here. I need to make sure she's safe. Um, I mean, kicks her out of her apartment. Get a I kick know. Her wow okay we're really making this hard for her now quite extreme but it was for her safety so oh yeah um yeah and I think that was kind of the big turning point for her because she decides at that point she needs to go back to Sugar Lake and that's kind of when her healing starts to really occur because Mm -hmm. she's making those bonds and she's building those friendships back up and, and, you know, healing with her step parents who are just so lovely. Like they're just so accepting. They're so happy to have her back. And I just, I did love that for her. 
I actually felt really anxious when she pulled up in the driveway at (laughs) Alina's house. And I was like, how's this going to (laughs) go? All just like, we love you. We want you back, you know, and you've got Chase and you're here and let's move forward. Let's find the best way to make peace and heal and whatever, which was exactly what she needed in her life. And meanwhile, Mason's got this whole elaborate plan going on because we find out tragically that Olivia was never really with him for him, Mm -hmm. that she had been groomed by his father and was actually pregnant with his father's baby, not his baby. And also that she was forced to have an abortion, which is just so tragic. I felt Mm -hmm. so terrible for her because she never really got out of that. Like, even though she had convinced herself that she was there to get revenge, she was still being controlled. She was still a part of it. She was, she was not making any headway. So she was just stuck. So tragic. Like I can only imagine like her part would have been extremely hard to write as well because it's actually current. Like it's not from her past. It was, Mm -hmm. she was living it. So did you struggle with that? section um I didn't struggle with it there are definitely some scenes that are harder for me to write emotionally just because I mean I cried during her scenes I cried during I cried the most writing beneath the surface out of all of the Sugar Lake series um before that it was Blakely was my heaviest character but I saved this book for last and all the characters in this book for last specifically because I knew that it was going to be the heaviest for me to write and the heaviest just in general and kind of the darkest and the grittiest um and her piece Olivia's piece um it was sad to write I it was harder emotionally for me to write Mason's point of view about the whole situation. Um, And then when she got her kind of like, she spoke up for the first time moment, that one was probably the heaviest I felt writing her moment was her little monologue at that part. I did love that she got her moment though. Like that she, like Mm. that she was, had the strength even after everything she had been through to really just get up there and just lay it all out on the table in such a public manner. Uh, I mean, it was what was needed to bring him down, but the fact that she was even able to do it was just so amazing. But I think even her part playing to make sure that Mason could get the photos, I was like, (laughs) I know, I know. Mm. That was, that was tough, but it was I mean the outcome was obviously fantastic because it freed not only her but also all the other women that then had the strength to come forward and and tell their story um but then jumping back to Sugar Lake Lily goes to see Derek and Daryl follows her oh bloody hell And he shoots her. I can't believe he shoots her. What is I'm that? not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, this chick needs a break. Now she's getting But it was so terrible, like, because again, 
you know, her sense of trust and everything is pulled into question because he's like basically tells her that the person that helped get her away had told him the whole time, like she, he knew mm-hmm. kind of where she was, not what was going on. Yeah, um, she's calling into question, like, does she know, does he actually know about our baby then? Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously and she gets shot. So the one thing I really like though is that Derek has helped her and has been responsible for saving her through her journey. And then he's the one that actually, again, mm-hmm. essentially saves her. Um, I did love that. Yeah. For again. Yeah. And I also really enjoyed the fact that Chase called Mason then and he was like, she needs you. Like he understood the power of the relationship and and the fact that he was needed and brought him back to town. (laughs) And I like how she's just like, I hate you. And he's like, I know. And he's so accepting of it. He's like, I know, I know (laughs) that's fine. I get it. I totally understand. Uh, And then just wakes up and him and Chase are like, right. So, I mean, when are we going (laughs) yeah and the whole story though like she's very accepting which I love about Lily like she because really those lies that's things that Mason hid from her like are quite huge Mm -hmm. but yeah but her journey was also about accepting as well and you know Mm -hmm. I, I really loved that through the whole story yeah she made such a headway um I think as well, like, thankfully, Daryl gets, finally gets put away. But then I really liked the fact that all of her family had taken such a healing journey prior to her getting back, but they were just all, like, so um, open to just, like, hey, we all go to therapy. Like, this is a thing we could do together. And because it was just such a normal conversation there just wasn't any issue with it which I Mm -hmm. think is amazing because it's still such a stigmatized topic in real life and even like Alina's dad how he's like hello (laughs) you're a drug addict I'm an alcoholic (laughs) (laughs) and I go to class I go to these you want to come yeah I know and I think like but then that in a book and making it and normalizing it is just so amazing because the more that we see it in kind of this type of um, settings and movies and things like that, the more it does open that normal conversation. And mm-hmm. because of that, I think it was why it was so easy for her to just be like, okay, well, let's just go to these therapy, let, uh, you know, let's get the help that we need rather than feeling like it was something that was something to be ashamed of or something that you shouldn't talk about or whatever so yeah I guess thank you for putting that in there I think it's really important yeah that's the main reason uh, the other reason I put her last is because it was really important for me when I was writing them to have a foundation for her and if I hadn't done her story last she wouldn't have had the foundation of everyone else in Sugar Lake having already been on their healing journey. I mean, not only with Chase, but with Becca, with all of them just being accepting and Alina, you know, her character arc of learning about her selfish traits and, um, you know, taking ownership. It was so important for me to build all that up. And Lily was kind of the 
I don't know, the star on top of the tree to, to do that because her character arc would not have worked. Um, she would not have been able to heal unless she felt like she had that security and safety and trust in other people that they were going to support her too, because she's never had trust in other people. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, thank you for appreciating that because that was one of my huge pieces of the series was to focus on normalizing mental health and all the different ways that it can kind of be. Yeah, I think, you know, like this, I think out of all of them, this one really resonated with me the most, just with, you know, being close to people that have had to struggle with whether different types of mental health, but also addiction as well in some form or fashion. So, um, and some people unfortunately don't have that support network, but for her, you know, and you, you do see that in, you know, beneath the stars where she feels she doesn't, or you get the, you assume she feels that way, but with, you know, Alina then realizing, well, I knew that she needed help and, but I was so selfish that I was too caught up with what was going on, but yeah, she had her own issues as well. But I think, no, I definitely think it was very well written and I love that she had that. She realized she had that support at the end, Um, but also tragic that she lost all that time. So we move on five years and Mason's got his dream of being a stay-at-home dad with all these kids around. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I'm like, oh, we've really, really made up the time. Um, I did enjoy all the different epilogues, like getting all the closure for the different characters and where they were at in their lives. And yeah. I thought that was amazing. Good. Yeah. I really wanted to give a nice solid kind of bow on top of the entire series and wrap yeah. it up a little bit more. Yeah, it was great. It's definitely a beautiful series and you've just re- like released those really beautiful limited covers as well. They're so, pretty. Nice. They're so Thank pretty. you. Yeah. You're, you've got um, some new books on the horizon which Mm -hmm. I absolutely love because they're also retellings Mm -hmm. and the first one is called Hooked Mm -hmm. um which I'm just like super excited to read (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see an adult version of these things and so (laughs) um tell us a little bit about what you've got in store with these with this series and what the plan is Okay, I'm very excited also. Um, So the Never After series is, it's not going to be interconnected. They're a collection of complete standalones. They'll each be in their own universe. And they're just going to be a collection of fractured fairy tales um, where I take stories and I kind of take the characters and the inspiration and I twist and mold and create brand new stories and, um, you know. Yeah. So with Hooked, obviously you can probably guess who the main character is. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not fantasy. It's all dark contemporary romance of just where the villains get the happy ever afters. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm very excited for it. This one is with Hook and then Wendy is the main girl character. Mm. 
love it. So I it really, love I know I'm yeah. there for it. I'm so there for it. Yeah. And these will all be, you know, they're not going to be literal retellings. So I don't want people to think it's going to be, you know, the Peter Pan story, but mm-hmm. it's the characters. And then I fracture the story in a lot of different places. And, um, I give you a nice, I'm really excited for everybody to read it. <laughs> and I, I do know the second book already, but I'm not yes. going to tell you yet. You oh, just man, I thought wait. we were going to get an exclusive. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> well, I must say, like, I'm a massive fan of, like, all, like, Disney movies, children movies. I just love them all. So I can't wait to get this version uh, of it, the adult version, um, the fractured version uh, you know, because I'm a massive dark romance lover as well. Just oh, like yeah. two of my favorite things coming together in one. So good. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I can't wait. I can't. I mean, when you think about it, it makes sense why he tied her to the captain's pole on the ship, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for catching up with us today. Yeah. Thanks so uh, much for having me. Can't wait to read. Uh, what you continue to put out uh, and we hope to chat with you again soon yeah definitely